So for literally two weeks, I could not buy my animals food from the feed store because the shelves were empty. Farms. Today, Annie and I will be talking with you about supply chain interruptions and how it has affected us here at the farm and the family. Yeah, and also about preparedness. So, um, just this all kind of stemmed from a lot of different things, and I know many of you guys are experiencing the same things by you, but I'm just going to start with one story. A couple weeks ago, I went into our local Rural King, which we frequent. I am there twice a week, every week, and I am purchasing um, a lot of animal feed, specifically for our chickens, uh, because we do, uh, you know, we have grass-fed lambs, so we don't really supplement them with anything, and our horses and our steer don't really need much supplement. Julian does like me to keep oats in stock for the horses when she's training them. So I go for chicken feed, I go for oats, uh, rabbit feed, dog food, cat food. These are all the things that I get uh, either on a weekly basis or every other week and we spend several hundred hundred dollars every week there. So we rely on this store. The um, There is another uh, animal supply store which is, is nowhere near as large or as affordable as Rural King. Um, and then the next closest one is maybe like a half an hour away. Again, not too bad, but it, there's, we have some options in the area. But I went in, I went into Rural King a couple weeks ago and I, I began to walk around and I was like, okay, where? Where is everything? Uh, all I saw. Did they move it? <laughs> well, because they're always moving stuff. But I, I was walking around, and I couldn't find chicken feed, and I couldn't find rabbit food. Every area was empty, and there were even um, signs that you know said, "Hey, we're temp you know temporarily out of this item until this date," or or not even giving a date on when they were going to be restocked. And I ran into. Val, Val, I don't know if you're watching, but hello. They know we know each other by name. We're on a first name basis at Rural King with with many of the employees there. And uh, I ran into Val, and she's like, Annie, I don't have I don't have anything. She's like, I couldn't get it, and I don't even know if we're gonna have it until the end of next week. And I was like, okay. So, and I'm not talking like they were just out of a brand of chicken layer pellets. They were out of all layer pellets, and they had chick starter was the only thing that they had. Which is the medicated, the medicated chick starter, yeah. and was the only um, food item that they had in in the store. Now this is the first time I went in, and I was like, okay. Thankfully, I had a few extra items at home that I could make it work for a little while. But they at that that visit, they at least had a few bags of scratch grains. Yeah which I purchased, and they had a few bags of um, corn in the animal feed um, area, like over uh, by the horse stuff. But they, they had zero rabbit food, and they had zero oats. That's okay, I can live without the oats, that wasn't that important. I was like, okay, I'll check back in at the end of the week. And so then I, fast forward, I went in at the end of the week, there was still no change. But thankfully, I had bought those few items that they had there, um, and let me say, that I also checked with the other local animal food store supplier and they were out of all the same things. And so was the one that was a half an hour away from us. Right. So I didn't get in a situation where I had to go like driving all over 
you know, an hour away or whatever. I didn't have to get to that point. But finally, by the end of the next week, so we are two weeks in, I, I had to do one other trip in there. And I, we literally ended up picking up uh, deer corn. Deer corn yeah. that was flavored berry. Yeah. Which I'm sure that, you know, it's dessert for it's the dessert, uh, chickens, It's dessert, but right? we're feeding it to the chickens, but right. we found it back in the hunting section. But there, So we had we had a period of two weeks where we had to kind of float some things mm -hmm. and come up with some plants. Now, two weeks may not seem very long, but it didn't take much to disrupt our system right. and how we feed our chickens. We're in the middle of January, and so I can't just let everybody out to free range. I mean, I could, but it's not going to get them any nutrition. You know, it's not like the middle of the summer where you can kind of, you know, you can make just cut it. Them loose you can cut them that. loose and keep everybody alive, and and make it work. You know, I came home and I was like, you know what? This is kind of serious. Like, this is something to consider. Uh, we have a lot of animals, yeah. and uh, a lot of them rely on the feed store right. um, or hay supply. Right. Um, and uh, these are things that suddenly you sit down with each other and you have a conversation. You're like, okay, how can we become less dependent upon the the supply, supply chain, chain yeah, yeah. if something were to happen and it doesn't take much you know you guys all know I don't even need to bring it up the current state of the world and what is going on that is its own issue but it doesn't take much to disrupt that that chain right, right. and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today and how to kind of be more prepared and how to start thinking past week by week you know you're not really the goal is not to live paycheck to paycheck right, right. so then on your farm it should also be your goal that's or and this isn't supplies, even farm yeah. you guys i'm talking dog food cat food um groceries you can even take yeah, it into the grocery that, yeah. store we could probably make a whole separate video on what we've experienced locally with a grocery store and i think we're gonna get into that because it goes into the the fragility of the supply chain yeah you know um week by week um day by day you're relying on those systems that are in place to bring the the mass products into our region or into our homes. Um, so those are those are things to consider. So, and we don't we have said this before. We don't believe in the idea of being self sufficient. I think that term gets used a lot, um, but really, I mean, if you're a hundred percent self sufficient, you you're doing everything right. yourself. That we like the community idea, the idea of building a community around you and having people that you be like, hey, you do this really well, can we buy your product? And right. then they can say the same for you, you know, and you can work together as a team. And even so far as we've talked about before, but going into someone, maybe there's someone who's really good at farming and raising animals, but they really stink at marketing. So you can work together at even bringing those skills together. So it's, it's bringing that community together for sure. Something I want to ask real quick while we're thinking about this is what issues have you been seeing going on in your region? Have you been dealing with the same types of issues? So in the comments below, go ahead and, and give us feedback on, uh, we have people from around the world. We got All some shout outs from Russia and Poland and New Zealand, Australia, Australia um, South America, um, a whole bunch of different Sweden. areas. So, Did you already say that? Yeah, South All, Africa. All over the place. Yep. What, are, what are you guys seeing um, that you know, just kind of puts that, you know, 
that question mark in your head. That like curved his mind. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, how can I start thinking in this train of thought? How can I be more prepared for when stuff like this happens? Even all this stuff that's going on and all the drama surrounding it, set that aside. It we it doesn't take much to disrupt that chain. So like even if um, there have been insane amounts of recalls in our area. Yeah, actually we're gonna put some stats up real quick. I think there's massive meat recalls in the last couple weeks here. Massive meat recalls due to E. coli issues, uh, listeria issues with some uh, fresh produce, lettuces and whatnot. And these are some of the pictures that we've dealt with um, at the local food store with the W. Um, that, <laughs> you can say it out loud, we that shop we, it. Uh, that we get some stuff from. Uh, but the shelves were literally, they were literally empty. So now we have a couple weeks going on here. We've got the food issue with the animals. We've got supply chain issues with the fresh produce. We have meat being recalled, and thankfully we have you know animals walking around that are the the walking meat. You know we don't have to store them in the freezer. Well, and our, but our freezers that's are stocked. That's if we can feed them though. <laughs> yeah, if you can, and that's what's that's what's concerning. Two years ago, I, I know we're kind of all over, but yeah. just try to gather what we're saying as a whole. I mean, because these things can happen in any climate, in any part of the world. Um, a couple years ago, we had uh, a, an insane amount of rain. And uh, and it washed out uh, fields. Do, was that two years ago where two we had the two flooding? Two years ago, yeah. I, I can't remember. You guys probably dealt with it too. And hay like disappeared off the shelf, yeah. off the shelves. <laughs> you know, like out of the barns. Barn okay. So suddenly, when there's not like we we were able to call the other day and get hay, no problem. And we're in January sometimes, but that year, that would not have happened. And then suddenly, you have animals that either don't have food or you are paying uh, for food that is not good quality yeah. or you're you you're don't feed them, or you don't yeah. feed them yeah. you know and you have dead animals yeah. so or you're suddenly harvesting all your animals when these things um, again we don't approach these things with a mindset of fear but it's preparedness it's it's how can I kind of um, be ready when these things come up and when you get that gut check about stuff as I was walking through Rural King I just got this gut check I was like you know what I, I came home and I was like Josh it's time to pull the it's time to make make the steps towards the fodder system that I want to do um, for the chickens right and then you can actually you can supplement you can do it with all your animals well. now any ruminants really yeah I don't know if any of you guys have heard of the fodder system and feeding your animals and I would love 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 to hear if any of you are actually using it and successfully successfully using it, using yeah. it. we've we've watched many videos on it and but I I don't know anybody personally who yeah, we just we haven't pulled the we haven't pulled the plug on that's the wrong the I haven't pulled yeah. the trigger that's yes. the, <laughs> I wanted to pull the trigger yeah. on and start the fodder system now real quick yeah definition of what a fodder system is to try I don't want to pretend like people know what it is Good point. so it's essentially you're sprouting a seed or a grain and it, you're creating a root mass and you're getting some green and it's and, and it takes a whole seven days so from zero to seven days you're converting a seed into a root mass that has um, taken up the water and converted the nutrients in the grain and it's a it's a seven to one conversion is the rough math on it. So for every pound of seed, you have seven pounds of food. Um, and the other, the other really interesting thing about it is the nutritional uptake is not wasted as much because yeah. it's such a high, a high product. The protein contents around 15 to 17%. 
Same and as like conventional chicken food. I think. So they're digesting more of the product. They're utilizing more of the product. There's not as much product wasted. Um, but it is that seven day rotation where you're keeping this stuff going in, in, a, in a sequential order and you're using it. So, yeah. but there's no artificial lights needed. There's, it's, you're not trying to like greenhouse grow this stuff. It's just sprouting the seed, getting the grass to push up to, you know, this tall, and then taking that root mass, this, the leftover seeds uh, that don't germinate and feeding it to your animals. Yeah. So that's, that's fodder in a very brief nutshell. You still have to have bar. I want to use barley, barley seed seeds. to sprout um, because of the conversion that it has and the high protein amount that it has for the chickens specifically. Right. Plus, I want to get the chickens off of off of like the grain and uh, you know the. It's a more holistic. Chicken yeah, I want eggs, a healthier yeah. animal. So that is something that I want to do, and it this the fire system makes it more affordable. Right. But there's lots of details for that. But maybe this is the year where we do it, right. and you can buy a pallet of barley seed and have that on you know a year's supply of food for right. your animals plus um i again you guys can comment below but um animal feed in our area has has almost doubled in the price in the last two years um yeah. i mean I'm, I'm not exaggerating it's it's become very expensive yeah. to feed your animals uh and I, I can't even imagine trying to feed the, feed my chickens organically right no. now. I yeah. cannot imagine. Even though that is I, a desire. Oh, I want to do yeah. that. We did yeah. that for a little while, and we couldn't carry that cost because yeah. you would end up having to charge maybe like $9, $9 a dozen for eggs, and people just don't want to pay that. Right. Now, thankfully, in the nice, nice months, our animals are out on pasture, and they're getting all the benefits from that, and they're getting healthy scraps that we feed them from in here and garden scraps. So they're getting so much of that. Right. But I still buy regular chicken food um, and because the organic price tag is out of this world. But now all of a sudden, I mean, in I'm, not, I'm just not kidding that it has almost doubled in two years. Yeah. And that's getting to be a little challenging. So if we can tweak that, I'm thinking about pulling the trigger. So this is just one tiny little area that I want to, it's a huge thing to take on because it's more work. Right. But in my opinion, it's worth it if it works. Again, give me your feedback if you guys have used the fodder system. Or if you have any great channels that you really like, like I said, we've seen some channels yeah. um, that we follow. But I would love to talk to someone who's actually done it, <laughs> you know, yeah. before I pull the trigger. Because we have a lot of birds. A lot Yeah, we birds. range between 150 to 200 birds. Yeah, and we're starting over again the whole cycle this spring. So I Actually, we should be buying chicks here soon. Right, yeah, soon. So that's another... That's another area of, you know, building up that preparedness. So, like, raising up that next generation of egg layers. Um, it was it was funny. I was watching someone else's channel that, that I like to watch, uh, Elliot Homestead. And she was talking about, um, I'll summarize, her soft spots for some of her older uh, chickens <laughs> that she keeps having, keeping on the farm. And at some point... You realize you are feeding these guys for years and they're not producing anything for you. Well, that's sweet and that's nice to have that sweet spot, you know, for these animals. But you can't do that and run a successful business or even really run a successful family right. farm or homestead. Because right. you will be spending way too much money on the, you know, the on pets. taking care of them on all, all the pets. So anyway, I thought that was funny. So it's time to switch over the whole flock. Right. Um, we have... Uh, we have hay to get us, I think, through spring right now, Lord willing. Yeah. Um, so as we look at these different areas, it's just kind of, this is kind of just a call to action in a sense. Like, um, I know many of you guys are feeling 
the same way. You're seeing the same things that we are seeing. Um, and again, I just want to emphasize approaching these things from a place of peace. Right. Um, because that's why, that's one of the reasons we do what we do, not only to give our kids the life that they are getting, which is pretty cool, but to have good quality food available for right. not only our family, but the people, our friends and family, and the community right. as an option, you know, if things get challenging and if something comes up that's like you can't get food from a grocery store. And now our, I, I do want to say our grocery store has not been like that all the time. Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. And that's what's different is the inconsistency. But there's nothing wrong with that raising a level of concern. Like yeah. there's a difference between being, being aware of what's going on in your local community, being aware of what's going on in the, in the world economy of things. Um, and, and then making informed decisions and that would make you more resilient. And that's where like, there's a big difference between hoarding and the, uh, crazy preppers yeah. and, um, in a self-sufficient, you know, mentality there, there's a, there's a, there's With a, a doomsday. Yeah. There's an attitude of, of just awareness of peace, of planning, yeah. of preparation. Yeah. Um, having, having, um, a thought process on how can we become more resilient? How can we become a little more unaffected when these when things, things come, come up? up. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. sometimes it, all it takes is like a, a storm down south, you know, yeah. or a tornado, you know, that hits something that affects that supply chain. And there's just a lot of unsteadiness yeah. uh, in the world right now. And you guys are not blind to it. We're not blind to it. And so kind of being wise and looking ahead this year and seeing, even if it's like, what are five things that I can do right. this year? I don't, you know, not overwhelming in a way, but what are five things that I can do and maybe prioritize them to make an impact in this topic, in this area, at my farm or at my house? You guys, you don't even have to live on a farm or a homestead for this at all. I mean, like at our house we had before this, we had yeah. kind of given up on having a farm and uh, we had bought an oversized lot that Josh completely renovated with some help from our fellowship and stuff had completely renovated this beautiful house and had a nice big yard and we turned that into a food forest. Yeah. Like we we had our chickens, we turned it into like raspberries, uh, raspberries blueberries, we did trees, it yeah. in the middle of a neighborhood, a small town neighborhood yeah. and we just were like forget it, we're not waiting, we're just doing it with yeah. what we have and being thankful for what we have. And that's exactly what we did. And that was the start of this. Right. <laughs> and, sure. and this is where we are now. So I think it's, you know, just start where you are. Make a list of those five little things that you can do. And, you know, our, our things might look a little bigger because we've done a lot of little things already and need to take that next step to move on to some of the bigger things. Like um, we have the high tunnel up this year. It's our, so like fodder, our high tunnel, you know, becoming actually productive. I mean, yeah. these are top of my list and I know top of Josh's list, right. top of Julianne's list, doing the gardening and stuff. So. I think it can be a little overwhelming right. as we have educated ourselves and kind of kept our ear, you know, to the door a little bit of what's going on in society. I mean, there's even talk of significant issues with fertilizer and yeah, yeah. thankfully we don't use fertilizer, so we don't we don't need that, but how it affects But we have to have some form food. of fertilizer. So we have manure, you know, we have access to manure, manure right? Yeah. But um 
you know, commercial fer fertilizer, there, like you said, there, there's discussion of there being, and there was quite a bit of a, sh a shortage and a price increase last year. And coming into this growing season in the greater United States area, um, which produces a ton of food, um, the supply issues with having access to fertilizer and the price increase is it's it's going to affect us all. So it, it would be even would, if you're not like a, a farmer, right? You it know, would be it foolish to think everything. it's not going to affect you because food costs money and um, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you when I go to the grocery store now, uh, you know, I I was. You, some of um, the people who watch like my stocking up videos <laughs> kind of like to give me some, you know, flack. Mm. Not you faithful ones, you guys are good, but like to, uh, for hoarding or for spending $400 on groceries. And I just yeah. kind of laugh a little because like a family of eight grocery shop, if I am just buying regular groceries for right. a family of eight for one week, guys, it's pretty sad right it's now. It's gone up too. It's gone up. It's gone up. I can't buy the same amount that I used to be able to buy. And, and that's not even at expensive stores. That's at, you know, and so it's a little comical to me because I want to, you know, it's just different when you're buying for eight people and you're trying to right. buy, you know, and my kids are getting bigger. So they're eating normal human, you know, adult human amounts of food. It, it adds up very quickly. So in the coming weeks, so you talk about five things in the coming weeks here. Um, what are five things that you can think of just off the top of your head? I'm totally putting you on the oh, spot right don't now. Don't put me on the spot. Yeah. We said, oh, you got fodder that you I, like to get going? Fodder is a huge project. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of... That would be a really, this year project? I really, that would cost us up front several hundred dollars, maybe up to a grand, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. to be able to put into place plus buying the seed. Um, so it would be an investment and it right. would be, we, it would take some renovation because we have to have a temperature controlled location to be able to grow it. Not, yes. I mean, we could grow in the high tunnel for the warm months, but in the winter in Illinois, you have to have a place. So yeah. I would say fodder. Gar the garden set up? Um, we have big, big plans for the high tunnel and the garden. Okay. Um, I'm going to make that two sections okay. <laughs> because the high tunnel is going to be a huge project in its own. We are currently in the state of learning and uh, absorbing as much information as we can. Julianne, I kind of put her in charge of that, of how to make this the most um, successful, like high-density planting yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and then the outside of the high tunnel. And to real quick, the, the high-density planting, that might mean initially us not using all the space that we have. Right. That might mean just doing, doing it a well portion of the space yeah. with m more excellence, yeah. right? Um, and Juliana has, on the outside of the high tunnel, dreams of, um, right now our strawberries are just uh, in amongst the blueberry bushes, but having an actual strawberry patch right. to expand that, blackberry, totally. raspberries, and all that stuff. Yeah. So let's make that another thing is, uh, so I have the, he totally put me on the spot, you guys. So, um, fodder, <laughs> fodder, high tunnel, fodder, fodder, high tunnel, the outside garden, right. planting, uh, there's some things we don't have yet in the property and that's the, that I missed from the other properties, the raspberries and blackberries okay. and kind of building and more fruit trees. So we want to add that to the property as well. These so things, bolstering are, our perennial, um, planting instead yes. of the annuals. Yes. Okay. The annuals we will do, but also the perennials, the, our fruit trees that are our long term investments that we will have when my grandkids get to come to the farm, hopefully and right. eat the apples off the tree, those kind of, those kinds of things. Um, Real quick shout out for the Texas boys if you guys need elderberries, figs, mulberries, and some other things. And they got a whole bunch of <laughs> Go to the TexasBoys.com. 
Uh, they are selling rooting, uh, cutting pieces to start those yourself at your property. So it's a great way to fairly inexpensive get those things going. So TexasBoys.com will hook you up. Last thing. Oh. I, I could actually name 10 because yeah. I also I want to put in, I have to get permission first. But I, 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 heard, I heard discussion of a, a, a I want a kitchen garden, kitchen garden out yes. the front. You guys can't see my house, but like out of the front of my door. Which is I, a good spot because it's on the south, it's south it's the side. It's south side, so it gets the sun. Yeah. Because the high tunnel is all the way over there. Right. Um, it's totally not that not that part, but I want to be able to walk out my door over here and have... Would it be um, like pretty herbs and stuff like I that? I want a pretty garden. <laughs> but but no, but functional too. Yeah. I want to have like my easy kitchen garden. So we're like if I need a cucumber, I just go get it. If I need a tomato, I just go get it. Mm. And herbs mm. and all that. Just like a plant of each thing. Okay. We'll not see. not a lot of things. Just like and some flowers. Cause you know, flowers. <laughs> but the last thing I was gonna say, because I know it's on your list, is really honing in the rotational rotational grazing yes. of the animals and yeah. completing the the pasture fencing yeah. so that it is the most effective um some quick backstory i know this video is getting a little long and i'm sorry you guys but uh just talking with you guys we're literally just sitting down and talking with you sharing our heart what's going on um and hopefully you don't mind but um when we moved onto this property almost five years ago the seven acre pasture was uh row crops row crops yeah. it had been corn and soybean yeah. back and forth for years and years and years and we didn't want that. We wanted to regenerate that soil into something useful because it was it was, it was garbage. Depleted, yeah. It was garbage soil, um, just over there in the pasture. And uh, so we, you know, and we say it was garbage because we actually pulled the mineral and the um, soil test on it. The on and it was it was extremely acidic and it was extremely depleted, which is it happens. It this it does. stuff happens. And you know we're in we're in the Midwest. This yeah. is what they do to soil yeah. and so our goal is you know so anyway we moved into the property and yeah. we planted pasture good quality pasture and it has been like it's a, a struggle it's yeah. struggled and we have animals on there so that manure it just takes time because right. we're not putting artificial stuff into the soil to try to kill yeah, we off put, weeds we put or lime on it once yeah but that's we, good it's good for it and we, we haven't put we have not put any fertilizer any fertilizer on it except so. for the manure that the animals have rotated on there yep. but last year and we're going to do a video coming up you guys about just things we screwed up on in the past and things we want to do better in the future for we're just because sure. we want to be honest with you guys so you guys can learn otherwise yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to share all of the successes and not share the failures so that's look forward to that so we had the pasture seven acres and we ended up doing a perimeter fence around the entire pasture to help bring some control of the animals and now we're doing some cross fencing oh yeah always good that will that will help us in that rotational process to bolster the the pasture, which will make us less um, reliant on hay earlier and later in the seasons. Um, it'll give us more biomass out there for that pasture to do better. So yeah, that's my passion is to have um, the sheep. The if we can get a couple, I would love to get a couple steer out there um, to where we we can we can. We can technically have more animals on the land if it's being managed properly. And we started off pretty well with it. We had a little bit of a, we had the some high other things take some time last project. year. Yeah, the high tunnel was a huge yeah. project. We did that ourselves. And we do temporary fence systems outside of um, the, the main fencing that we're setting up. So we'll go over a whole thing on that later on too about just how to optimize your setup, 
how to optimize your, your pasture space for what we're doing with the yeah. rotational grazing. So that's how we're going to try to improve the rotational grazing going into this next year to uh, better supply food on property for the animals. So it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot that we want to do. I think there's a lot going on. We could probably talk another hour about the different things that we've observed and seen, but we're not going to do that today. Right. We've already gone long enough. But I, but again, you guys, share your heart with us. Share what's going on in your area. Let us know what you're seeing, um, what concerns you have. And I think if we communicate with each other, it just helps make, you know, sometimes it just makes you think about something that you're like, oh, I never thought of that before. I can implement that. You and it know? brings some peace. It brings some peace because you're just yeah. talking about it. You know, it's... Um, some hope that you can figure things out. Yeah, a, a sounding <laughs> a sounding board. And also, at the very least, just continuing to improve your homestead and the things that you have going on. And um, like I said, I, I used the word excellence earlier, but that's really what we're shooting for, is whatever we do do here, doing it well. And, Strive and, for excellence. Yeah, and yeah. not be struggling through different things. Right. So anyway, I hope this didn't cause more confusion. Just kidding. Hopefully this brought some, uh, shed some light on some things going on and uh, just encouragement. encouragement that it's, you know, just take these baby steps to kind of implement those five things that you want to uh, start doing at your location, at your home. Um, if this is your first time catching one of our videos, um, we are a family of eight living in Illinois. Uh, just live in our dream. It's an answer to prayer that we were able to move on to a, a homestead property and start to cultivate that and create from nothing to where we are now. And we just are sharing that with you all, whether it's homeschooling or farming or just recipes. life recipes, yeah. you know, you got to feed people. So right. <laughs> we're just sharing it all with you guys. So we hope that you can be a part of the, the Heartway Farms family, hit that subscribe button, share us with your friends and family. Uh, and so that we can continue to do what we're doing. So I hope this was helpful. We will talk to you all soon and we'll see you in the next video.